Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down here on the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you listen to this afterwards, the Strickland Podcast Network. Knicks win their sixth straight game, bringing them to 36 and 27 and bringing them to fifth place in the East um, with a 109 to 94 win over the Boston Celtics, the number one seed in the East. Um, Yeah, I mean, another great fun game um, led by none other than Emmanuel Quickly, who is who should be rising up everyone's six man of the year ballots for sure. Okay, can you should be um, he should he should win it. Like he should win it. There's no argument. There is no argument. Malcolm Brogdon played on the same court as him tonight and Malcolm Brogdon looked pedestrian. He went 10 of 16 and I could not care less. Yeah. Um but yeah quickly he led the way off the bench 23 points um seven of 13 from the field four of seven from three Hit, hit five out of six free throws, was great defensively, just was great everywhere on the court. Um, and, yeah, him and him and Josh Hart have formed quite the the bench duo tandem, um, wreaking havoc on both ends, and it's just been super fun to watch. And we are now 6-0 and in the Josh Hart era of basketball. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he's been huge. Just to parrot what Tyrese was saying, the difference between Quickly and Brogdon in, like, their on- and off-court impact ratings is 12 points per 100 possessions. Like, Brogdon plays for the best team in the NBA, and when he plays, the Celtics are worse than the Knicks are when Quickly plays. I don't, I don't know what else you need to look at. Like, I don't know why... It's 2023. We need to stop sorting this by points per game. Like, quickly has been, he hasn't just been the most impactful bench player. He's legitimately one of the 50 most impactful players in the league. Like, we need to stop under underselling this. This guy is amazing. He's doing it every night now. Like, we said it last stream. This isn't like when the three of us, you know, last March were like, oh, like he was three for 10, but man, he's impactful, you know, like, and he was, I'm not saying we were lying or we were exaggerating. There's levels to this shit though. Like we're not sitting here trying to convince people he's a plus player. Those days are gone. And like the fact that there are still Knicks fans who are like, yeah, you know, like we were right though. Like, like they, they should have prioritized Alfred Payton and Alec Burks over him. Like Tibbs is right to do that. Like, I, I don't even, I'm not even gonna make time for that anymore. Those days are gone. Like, he is one of the 50 to 60 most impactful players in the NBA today. And every stat backs it up. I saw somebody, somebody had a great tweet today. They were like, every single time you see one of those weird lists or charts, Quickly is popping off on it. This isn't just like one weird stat that's like, oh, Quickly is actually really way better than people think. Every single impact metric loves him. There is not a single one that's like, you know, maybe he's not as good as you think he is. Again, those days are done. He's not like a sneaky good player anymore. He's fucking amazing. Start appreciating this guy. He was best player on the court tonight, on the court with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brunson, and Julius and Julius Randle. That's ridiculous. He was awesome. Yep, he is awesome. And we should cherish him more. 
I I love Emmanuel quickly. Um, I'm just gonna wax poetic really quickly. Um, no pun intended. I think to like see what this guy has become in such a quick amount of time is incredible. Like he came in, um, like the draft evals were like, no, he's gonna be like a solid defender, but like you, we've all heard about the Lou William comps, the uh, you know the bench god, you know microwave score, whatever, whatever. He is a legitimate three level scorer now. I think we can for. Did Tyrese go in the Matrix, Sam? I think so. Um, um I'll just I I'll just pick up where he was talking about. Like, he is a three level scorer, and I agree with Tyrese completely about that. But the funniest part about it is, people spent so long trying to pigeonhole him into that role that they missed the forest for the trees because he's scoring at an elite level right now. He's he's approaching sixty percent true shooting. Quickly is. But scoring has never been his best attribute, and it still isn't. He's the best defender on the team right now. He's not the best one-on-one defender. Quentin Grimes is the best is the guy you want to be on the ball right now. As good as Quickly is, he's not Quentin Grimes. But everything that Quickly does, and obviously he's not the rim protector that Mitch is, but between communicating, the free safety, all the little – just the little nuances of his game, like – I could literally make a 50 post threat on this game alone. If somebody beats their man off the dribble quickly is there to hedge every single time. If quickly's on the court and you're a ball handler and you beat your guy off the dribble, I don't care if quickly's on the weak side, he's making sure that you don't have a free path to the paint. And the reason he does that is because he knows he can recover on his man every single time. His defense is, he's just such a good and smart defender. He's so for lack of a better word, high IQ. And he has the physical tools to match it. Um, And so what Tyrese is getting at is that people always tried to pigeonhole him as this, like Tyrese said, microwave scorer, but he's actually finally scoring like what people thought he was going to do his whole career. Like he just put up 23 points on one of the best defenses in the league. I'm like, how many shots do you have? 12? 13 shots, 23 points on 13 shots. Dude is a complete player now, finally. Like, the only thing that was keeping him from being a complete player last year was being a plus-plus scorer, and now he's that. Uh, Tyrese, you cut out for there for a little bit, so I tried to pick up, but keep going with what you were going. Sorry about that. Um, But, yeah, like, it's just great to see a testament to Nick's development, which how many times have you been able to say that the last two decades, you know? Um. The guy's just fucking incredible, man. Like, I, I just, I literally love watching this dude play basketball. Like, he just does everything. He wears so many hats for this team. Like, you need him to be a low-usage spot-up shooter. He can do that. You need him to, like, take usage and run offense. He can do that. Defensively, if you need him to be, like, that one-on-one defender, he can. Point-of-attack defender, he can. Like, hell, if you ask him to run protect, I'm pretty sure he'll figure it out. Like, He's just so good at everything, and nothing faces him. The guy just makes shit work, and it's like, I can't wait to just, like, that extension this offseason is going to be so beautiful to watch. Like, it's going to be like a culmination of just, like, a lot of feelings and a lot of, like, goodwill, you know? So, so since you guys laughed at me last time, 
And since I'm apparently probably going to end up having to sing some stupid ass karaoke on here, does quickly get four for 70? <laughs> quickly getting four for 80. I think quickly is probably going to get like Brockton money around it. Like, I think Brockton's after four for 85. I think quickly probably gets like four for 80. If not, like maybe like the floor is four for 72. So like 18 million per, but like I feel wouldn't be surprised if you got like maybe middle of that, like four for 75, four for 77 with like incentives. Um, I don't, I don't know as much about contracts. Does quickly not become eligible for an extension until this summer? Or in theory, could the Knicks have just, is he in the Brunson spot where they could have just offered him? And I, I know Brunson was a second round pick, so it's technically different, but could the Knicks have offered him an extension like right now if they wanted to? No. No, you have to wait uh, for first round picks. It's after the third season. You can offer an extension, and so yeah, like so. This upcoming offseason is the f- the first time they can offer the extension. Um, for second round picks, it's the same thing, or it's like a year before you hit free agency, you're able to extend. I, I just want to say because I don't think we're going to talk about him very much, and you you talking about extensions reminded me of him. Man, this gonna sound so corny, and like I'm sure I'll get some pushback for it. I'm so proud of Obi Toppin. Like those second half minutes he gave the team were huge. He got two huge offensive rebounds. He hit that corner three to stop the Celtics bleeding. And he had that amazing dunk. This guy is in as non-conducive an environment to succeed as any player can be in. He, he, this, they're they're This team is not trying to accentuate his strengths. They're not trying to feature him. They're basically just so they're basically just saying, Go out there and do the opposite of what we know you're good at because this is what we think a power forward who's not Julius Randle should do. And he just finds a way to make it work. Like, with his skill set, he should be a less valuable player in this role. He just should. He should be hurting the Knicks because he's not a good – like, excuse me, I, I actually think he is a good shooter. But, like, he's too, he's a really streaky shooter and someone like that on low volume who's not really allowed to get their feet wet – there's a ton of volatility involved in that, and it's easy to hurt the team when all you're allowed to do is take a, a three or two every night. But he just finds a way to stay involved. Like he was just, he was so good tonight. His attitude is so good. I just, this could be the last season we ever get to see him play. Like I could see the Knicks trading him this summer. And it kind of bums. I, I just hope we don't put him in like the the Knox Frank conversation because to me, this is such a a different animal. And I just I hope we can find a way to appreciate the fact that for three years he really wasn't given a chance and he never complained. He always gave his best effort and he helped the Knicks win tonight. I really thought he did a great job on the court tonight. Yeah. Um I especially have been very critical of Obi Toppin, but I also understand that like the role we placed them in, we don't have no favors. Um he does not get any opportunities to roll to the basket. He does not get any opportunities to do stuff inside the arc. He rarely gets on ball reps. Um, he doesn't even get reps as like a connecting passer. Like he's had to find those reps and make those reps his own. Like it's not part of our offense. Our offense is literally we we deprioritize ball movement and we are very much about like we're letting guys cook. It's the he turn, my turn, we turn offense. And somehow Obi Toppin has managed to be a positive player in this offense for three years straight. Even his rookie year when he could not dribble inside of the basketball and he looked scared to touch the ball. So, like, the fact that it's, the growth that he's shown from now where he's, like, he's confidently pulling from 28 feet. He missed it tonight, but, like, Obi Toppin rookie year doesn't do that. 
the fact that he's confidently pulled from 28 feet and on the season, he's probably shooting 35%. And he's had some major slumps in between that. Like, that guy deserves a lot of credit. And I, I they probably will trade him at the draft. Um, I just kind of feel like they know their offers, and I feel like they're going to weigh their options and probably move them. But, like, that guy is going to ha- – he's going to be in the league for a while. Um, and I think that as Knicks fans, when he does, like – perform on his new team and I do think that I don't think he's going to be a star or anything like that but I think he'll be like a solid player and ultimately speaking like that's again credit to the Knicks for being able to identify a solid player the Knicks haven't done that a lot in their in their um, last 20 years so like he deserves his flowers they just won't be in this team and it stings a little bit but it's also like it's I think it's best for both parties but he deserves credit tonight for what he's done Definitely. Um, credit to the Knicks. I will say this. Credit to the Knicks tonight. Um, in past, we have seen this team absolutely fold when faced with pressure, when they had um, large leads. Um, they they start out this game um, in the first quarter, I believe. They were up by, by as much, I want to say, as 12 or 14 um, in the first quarter. And from then on, I mean, the lead never really shrinked past, I want to say, nine or eight points. And the team never really, like, looked like they were going to falter. Um, and we've seen this team this season alone, a couple weeks ago, maybe even, we've seen this team give up leads constantly. Um, so the fact that they've been able to, you know come back from leads in games um, as of recently and then be able to hold a lead against a really good team in the Celtics um, is a credit to, you know, how far they've come and, you know, how far they, um, you know, how... Who let this guy on the pod, man? Ah, I, I let has, myself on. He has access. Yeah. Um, Fuck you. But, yeah, I mean, that's just a credit to the Knicks, how far they've come, how, be, how good they've become, and, you know, you know, it's just a credit to, you know, how far they can continue to go with um, how well they've been playing and how they've been able to, you know, secure these leads and and not look back. So, yeah, I just thought that was something that I wanted to point out because that's something that's been a, a stark change um, with this team. So, you know, I didn't think we'd, we'd come to the point where the Knicks are not giving up leads. <laughs> Hundred percent. That that's the second game in a row that we've just run and hide, uh, run run and hit. Excuse me. Um, that's like that, to your point, Sam. That's not something that we've ever been used to. Like I, I I assume most Nick fans were waiting for when the Celtics would just randomly start hitting shots, and you know I I, I said it on the Strickland account. We'll probably never see the Celtics shoot that bad again. Like they're. A 15-point win against the Celtics is awesome. Like, that, they're a really good team. But it's not like the Knicks should come away from this and be like, oh, like, content. You got to keep growing and you got to keep evolving because the Celtics, they're not going to play this bad again against the Knicks. They're going to come out next Monday and they're going to be as hungry as fuck. Like, that's that's going to be the hardest game we play in the season probably. And the Knicks have to be better. They just do. Like, I know that's weird to say after a 15-point game, but – this is the time when having Thibodeau is huge. 
it's it's always been you know an incredibly nuanced conversation but there's no way Thibodeau will ever let them be satisfied with this win and he'll make sure that they keep they they don't rest on their laurels um what did you think of the game Schwen? is he on mute Schwen, can you hear us yeah i can hear you i just it's it cut out for a second what did you ask oh. me something Oh, oh, I just said, what do you think of the game, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought I thought the Knicks were really good. Um, I know that Boston didn't shoot well. I also just don't think they got, like, this wasn't like they were lining up open threes and just breaking them. Um, I thought most of the threes they got were contested. The open ones they got even were, like, ones where Brunson would go under maybe or somebody would go under a screen and get caught. It was not, like, drill penetration, swing, swing, open three. Those are the threes you really don't want to give up. They didn't give up much of those. Um, I thought that I'll tell you. I'll say this: our front court is like significantly more athletic than theirs. Um, I think Mitchell Robinson looks. I, I haven't watched the Celtics a shit ton this year because they're good. So like, I'm not going to watch the Celtics when they're good. Fuck them. Um, but like, he does not look like he's back to what he was before he got hurt last year. Like, even during the playoffs when he was playing hurt, he did not look like the same type of athlete today. Um, I know he had that nice block on Brunson on the perimeter, but, like, aside from that, I mean, I just... Did he do anything on the offensive glass today? I I feel like he was just such a non-factor throughout the game offensively. Um, And defensively, I mean, he was fine, I guess, but, like, he kind of, like, doesn't matter against us that much against... Like, other than RJ, I don't think he impacts, like... He doesn't impact Randall's shot creation, Brunson's, Quickly's. It's kind of like weird. Um, but I, I think we're like a weird matchup for them. Their front court does not match up well with ours. Horford is, you know, bless his 78-year-old heart. Like he's just not gonna be able to compete with Julius Randall in this type of form. Um, it's just not possible. And like they're fucking bench bigs, like, you know, Mascala's fine. He's a nice like little pickup, but he's not. I mean, if you're depending on Mike Mascala in the playoffs, probably not great. Uh, Luke Cornett cannot play against our front court. And, um, like, you know, Sam Hauser's du- a dude. Like, he's out Blake there sometimes. Griffin? I don't know what else to really say. Yeah, Blake Griffin, you know, back in back in his day, maybe. Not so much this version of Blake Griffin. But, like, I, I, I'm not – this is not – I don't want to be very clear. This is not, like, a criticism of Randall at all tonight. But, like, I thought Obi should have played more tonight because when he was on the floor, you could just see, like, him zipping around. Like, they could not keep up with him. They had, like, no – like, they just couldn't do it. And, like, he didn't have some outsized impact in the game, but it just stood out so much, like, how much more athletic we are than them in the front court. Now, obviously, you get Jalen Brown back in the mix. That makes them more athletic than us on the wings. Like, maybe that – like, I I would still say that Jason Tatum is the best player in a – yeah, you know, potential series, but like, I don't think we're a fun matchup for them, and I don't really think we're a fun matchup for anybody. Like, this is you know Tibbs is like weird, you know, reluctance to ever go five out in any scenario. Aside, I mean, and even with that, how many teams are actually equipped to like do that? How like honestly, how many? Like maybe Milwaukee, and maybe Boston, but even with Boston, like again, like I just think they give up so much on the offensive glass, if they go like with one of their five out lineups that it's not necessarily tenable for them. So like the the thing is though, Schwinn, and I I agree with like almost everything you said. So I'm not, this isn't really pushback. 
I think the smell the the, the smeltics the Celtics are they do smell. <laughs> they're they're a really intelligent team. And if they realize what you just pointed out, that like it doesn't matter if they have Robert Williams on the court or not, like we're too big for them. They're just gonna full on embrace going small and try to win that way. I would, I would, I, I would, I would be fine with that though. Like, I don't think they can win that way. I think that's a, I think that's a curveball. That's a curveball, and that'll work for five, six minute stretches. But if you're like, they already spam fucking seventy threes a game whenever they hell they shoot. So going five out isn't really going to be some like, oh my god, how do we do that? Like, how can we possibly defend this now? And and honestly, I'll say this like. We've played them three times this year. I thought all three games were competitive. Even the first game where they shot 20, they made 27 threes. That was a competitive game most of the way through. They just pulled away at the very end. Um, we've beat them twice in a row. Like, we didn't have Mitch in the last one. I know they didn't have Smart. I would say Mitch is a bigger loss for us than Smart is for them. Um, and, like, it did not look to me, it has not looked like me to me in any of those three matchups that they are beating us in any like this is not like when you play against Giannis and you're just like well okay well I have no idea what to do with this fucking seven foot one alien who like can just move in all kinds of different ways um but like you know I think with the Celtics like they they don't have that like they don't have these guys you're just like how the hell do we possibly match up with this guy like Tatum when he has a runway sure he can get up there and like you're like holy shit but and and Brown's you know obviously he can he can get up there too but like I don't know. The, like, they just don't really scare me that much. And it's, I know that's crazy to say, considering what are they like 44 and 18 now or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I just like, I, the, I think the NBA is just in a very, it's, this is a very weird year. Like this is one of the weirdest years I've ever seen. The parody is crazy across the board. And like, I just think the Knicks are a bad matchup for a lot of teams, man. Like how many teams, like you look at the way that the league had skewed before this season. And so many teams strategy is like, you know, it's like they didn't care about offensive rebounding, right? And it was just like we we'll we'll punt on offensive rebounding, spread the floor, take a bunch of threes, play small, wings, 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 wings. Like these are the things that were being like that are largely been prioritized. And I just think the Knicks are just this weird zag where it's like, okay, well, we're just gonna actually we're not gonna move the ball. We're gonna play this like super ISO heavy style. We're gonna play pretty slow. Um, but what we're gonna do is we have Jalen Brunson who I know tonight he didn't have a great night, but like he is a great gifted offensive ISO scorer. We're going to have Julius Randle, who apparently is amazing again. Uh, and again, like even with Randle tonight, I don't think Randle played a great game, but like what the Knicks do is every single night, no matter who you are, they are going to beat the shit out of you on the glass. They're just going to. And if you win that battle every night and you don't turn the ball over every night, and then you add a Josh Hart who just exacerbates those advantages even more like it's not a fun team to play against. And I just don't think there are a lot of teams that are like that can flip the math on them in, in those, at least in those categories. Like there are teams that can obviously just get threes up. Like Boston can do that. You know, like to your point, if Boston was hot, you can't really do anything, but that's what it is. Like you can't really do anything. You just have to live with that. So I think the Knicks, like what they do, they can do that every single game. They can win the offensive glass every single game. They can win the rebounding battle every single game and they cannot turn the ball over every single game. Those are things that are like, consistent game to game this is not three-point shooting this is not you know crazy like levels of insane shot making like that fucking king's clippers game last week or whatever this these are very stable factors that they're controlling and they control it every single game um it just makes them a really tough opponent to play 
And to your point, Schwinn, somebody wants to say, oh, the, I was just saying it, so I don't mean someone critically. Someone wants to say, oh, the Celtics were 9 of 42 from three tonight. That's probably not going to happen. Well, guess what? The Celtics and Knicks had the same amount of turnovers, same amount of offensive rebounds tonight. That's probably not going to happen either. You know, like that's there's there's an outlier result in the Celtics' favor. Now, I do think the Knicks got a really, really, really nice whistle. I know there was some outlier calls that were crazy that went against the Knicks. About time we get a good whistle at home. But like we shot like twenty more free throws than they did. So I think, but the I my pushback on that would be like the Celtics haven't had a good whistle all year. Like they like their shot profile. Like think of their team. Like they don't really take a lot of rim attempts. Like yeah. Who's drawing free throws? Brogdon's the only guy that gets to the fucking rim. Yeah, they don't get to the rim. Like, Smart isn't getting to the rim, and when he's, do, when he's getting to the rim, he's usually passing out. It's Tatum, it's Brown, and then afterwards, they just have a bunch of guys who shoot threes, including their bigs. Like, they don't get free throws. So, like, when they're complaining about 90 free throws, it's like, that's your team. Your entire team yeah. is not getting free throws. I just yeah, think and- shooting 20, 20 more free throws than a team with Jason Tatum even if what you're saying is true and I, I believe it's true, that is a little, I'm just saying that is a little bit of an say the word again, outlier result. I agree. But at the same time, like RJ got one free throw this game. Like there's ways to get more free throws for this team. And and like, look, this is just like, this was, this is the game that we played against them in January that we won in Boston. Okay. Again, no Mitchell Robinson in this game. They shot 23 free throws in the game. We shot 23 free throws in the game. They shot 16 of 46 from three. We shot 13 of 38. Like, like we've beat them in matchups where things are evenly matched, or you, I would argue, skewed in their favor because we're a better free throw generating team than they are. And so, like, again, I just think we're a bad matchup for them. And I think we're a bad matchup for a lot of teams. Like, you know, like, I, Hartenstein, I didn't think had a good game today at all. Um, but, like, and this is where Tibbs being a little bit – this I don't want to, like, rip on Tibbs too much because I think he's doing a pretty decent job right now. But, like, like I wonder, I guess – and there's no way to really prove this. I do wonder sometimes if, like, there are matchups where Sims might be better suited to play than, than Hartenstein. I'm not even sure if this is one. But Hartenstein was just so – like, him and RJ at the start of the fourth quarter, it was like a two-man wrecking crew trying to give the game back to Boston. Um, but, like – you know, I just wonder if Sims might have could have maybe given us a little bit something there, but like it wasn't a big deal. And he and you know what, he did a good job of like, like he like that the lead got to ten. And he's like, all right, let's cut the shit. Like, let's get like let's get let's get fucking Mitch back in there. I'll throw Brunson in for RJ, and uh, two minutes from now, I'm gonna take out Obi and put Randall back in. Like he he immediately was just like, okay, like enough's enough. Like we're just gonna let's take this home. Um, but yeah, like again, you go back to that that game in January, and you know, like we've played them in and we've played them in games, and you know, managed to 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 even things out, even when some of the some of the statistical battles go in their favor. So again, like I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm just this is like less me saying Boston's not a really they're a really fucking good team. I just don't fear them. I guess now, like I. I do I think they'd beat us in a series? Yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily go in that series. series. Like, well, we got no. Yeah, it's going to be a hard fought series, and I just don't think that's like one of those series where you're going to be like, well, it was a good season. That's about it. Like, you know, having Brunson just 
it, it makes me believe so much more in what we're doing, being able to translate to some degree in the playoffs offensively and defensively. I'm not worried about this team with Mitch back at all. And also, by the way, RJ played a really shitty offensive game. His defense now for three games in a row has been like legit good again. He had a couple, he had a really good play today, I think, to start the second half where uh, they threw a entry pass into Horford. He helped off of Derek White to swipe at the ball from Horford. Horford kind of like, uh, you know, juggled it a little bit. And then he kicked it back out to Derek White and RJ closed out to him really well. And then they, they like, they had to put up some junk ass shot. But like, his activity level on defense has been noticeably better the last three games than it was for basically the entire season before that. Yeah, definitely. That's been very encouraging because, like, that was, like, the main sticking point before All-Star break. It was like, holy shit, everything's going well. And it's like, well, RJ's defense is still, like, pretty shit. So, like, what do we do about that? But um, if he turns that around, it definitely helps the team a bunch. Um, and like, even when he has these shitty offensive games, I mean, his ability to just get into the paint really like bends things for the team because like there's moments where like there's lulls and like nothing is going right for the team. Um, as you saw at the end of the second half, he was the single reason why we were able to still maintain that double digit lead because he was able to get into the paint, make shit happen. Um, when no one else was literally able to do anything. So he still has those opportunities and those moments, um, even in these shitty games where he's still able to make shit happen and, 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 and keep us afloat. So, you know, that's also very encouraging. And you're just hoping that he can put all these things together for more consistent stretches because it really makes us a, a really dominant team when he's able to do that stuff. Yeah, well, that's a great fracture. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That uh, that that stretch to end the second quarter, Sam. That, that was a great point. That was one of the stretches of the game because nothing was working for the Knicks. Um, and Schwinn, to you, to what you you said about the start of the fourth quarter, I just want to say, I looked it up today. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle average, not not ceiling, not average. 31 minutes per game on the court together. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And it, it part of it is because they play a lot of minutes. That's fine. J- Jalen Brunson played 40 minutes tonight. But the reason Jalen Brunson plays 40 minutes is because Tibbs, for better or for worse, he guards against what he's afraid of. He, he always guards against worst case scenarios that he builds in his mind. And you can tell when a, when the Knicks have a bad possession or two with quickly running the show, he is, he always just goes right back to Brunson because that's his safety blanket. Okay. Has it ever occurred to him that Quickly's life running the show would be a little bit easier if Julius Randle was on the court with him? I if, actually, if, one of the things I think about that actually, and I'll be quite honest, like I think the biggest issue he's struggling with there is He's got to keep RJ like I'm, this is I, people will take this out or they take it. You've got to keep RJ engaged. Okay. And part of mm-hmm. keeping him engaged is giving him some reps where he's like the man on the floor. Um, and I, I, what I ironically think is like the bigger issue with the, with that, those minutes at this point is that he has to give RJ these primary reps when like, like quickly was fucking 
cooking them today. Like he was absolutely cooking them in those minutes. If all he had done was just like let quickly do that, I think they'd have been fine. Like look at the possessions where they fucked up, right? It was that ridiculous, like it was a it was a the right idea, right? RJ drives baseline, then he tries to find somebody on the weak side corner or wing. He didn't read the floor though. He had already decided he was gonna do that. Brogdon's already there. Yep. So that's that's the first that's a turnover. Uh, and then he had the one the one that really fucking pissed me off was at the end of the third quarter where RJ like collect, drives in the paint, collapses. And like these are the these are the things that nuke his efficiency and piss the fuck out of me. He drives in the paint, he collapses. Like literally, you've got like four Celtics in the fucking paint collapse on him. He's got quickly, who had just buried two threes, wide fucking open at the top of the key. Like, no, like he, this motherfucker could have had a sandwich while he was waiting for this shot. And he's He's just waiting there, and and he instead he tries to put up this like crazy finesse floater layup thing, and, and it rims out, and like you know they end up scoring on the other. But like those are the like so when I see those possessions, I'm just like really what you're what we what we ideally need is RJ to play like he did against New Orleans consistently, and I'm not just talking. About, I don't, forget the shot making. I'm talking about like the decision making, and he the did patience, have yeah, and he boys. did have plays today where he made the extra pass, which is like why I kind of hate burying him for the, that stretch, but like, like it just, it can't be a, it can't be a, a, a 75% thing. It's got to be there all the time. And if it, it's not going to be there all the time, guess what? You got to be a better shot maker. So he's, there's, there's only two options for him. Either become a better shot maker, be more efficient or make the right play more often, which will naturally raise your efficiency because he's not, he, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's, I mean, he is, is hurting you in his minutes right now because of his poor offensive decision making at times. And that's what makes that stretch out of the sec- at the end of the second quarter like both encouraging but also frustrating because you're like we know you're capable of not playing like a fucking dumbass. So please just stop playing like a fucking dumbass. And like you don't need to go out there on the court every fucking night and drop 25 if like because that's how you prove your contract. You know what we you know what will prove your contract if you just play really fucking well for this team. Because you know what'll happen? We'll probably win every game by twenty-five fucking points, and nobody's gonna be talking about your averages and your shooting splits and whatever. We're just gonna be like, man, it's so fun watching this team. Everything is great. This is the best time of my life. Like, just stop being fucking annoying. Like, this is not hard. This really should not be. It's like a fucking layup. It's, it's, it, and it's this is a lay, this is like one of those layups that even RJ can make. So, like, oh, don't don't say it's like a layup for RJ. <laughs> wrong, wrong guy. Um, he'll turn into a floater and the brick off the right side. Yeah, I should I should have made the joke about a floater because RJ is actually really good, like at the rim. Um, the we talked about this last show, Schwinn, but the most frustrating thing about RJ in in the regard that you were just speaking about him is there's like an inverse correlation between when RJ plays the right way and his shooting, like when he's hot, you would expect him to be more selfish. Like, Oh, I got the hot hand. But like you saw at the end of the second quarter, he gets a couple shots to go. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I know how to make the right plays. But when he doesn't have it going, he's like, okay, the only way to shoot to, to get out of this slump is to shoot my way out of it. And it's like, no, you can be a winning basketball player. If you just mentally play like you're hot all the time and play like the right way, because he it's like he's more likely to miss reads when he doesn't have it going and that compounds on the negativity it's extremely frustrating but it's also just extremely confusing like 
go out of your way to make the right plays when the shot clearly isn't falling. You said it after the Hawks game, Schwen. You were like, one of your favorite plays of that game was when he was 0 for 6 from 3, and he gets the ball on the wing, and he's, no, fuck that. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go to the rim and make the right play. Like, just do that more likely, more more of the time. I don't understand why he he needs to see his shot go in in order for him to start being a more all-encompassing player. But when the shot isn't falling, it's like he goes into this tunnel vision mode. That That's just so backwards to me. Yeah, he's a very confusing player. Yeah, I, I, he's just he, – like, he's I, – I, I'm still – He's pretty, Canadian. I'm still pretty okay with where he's at. I think I think you got to just he's, – he's not playing – he's even no matter how much you – like, whatever you think about him, he's clearly not playing at a level that – you think he would be playing like he's that we've seen before um, that he's capable of. So I, I would just, you know, it is what it is. He's going through some shit right now. And the Knicks are in the, uh, uh, they have options that can replace his production, exceed his production, whatever, and still win basketball games. So I'm good with that. All right. Before we get into some comments, Let's get into everyone's favorite part of these episodes, the ad read. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Um, Should I give any? You know what? I'm going to keep all that to myself. Um, did, you, did you not have a good parlay today? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> no, but I will say this. For the next, for the next game, just take Emmanuel quickly is over. And <laughs> Sam, can I uh, can I pimp something pimp, pimp a bet out? Go ahead. Two nights ago, Emmanuel quickly was plus fifteen thousand to win six man of the year. Mm-hmm. It's still like plus seven thousand. Just get in. Like, if the Knicks get the, like the four or the five seed, I and it's a New York team that people are going to want to put awards. They're going to want to give them some sort of award for overachieving like this. They're not going to give Tibbs coach of the year again. Like. Brunson's not winning winning most improved because of Lowry. Uh Lowry's got too big a head start. Like Andy's there's not white. really much else. What's up? That's it. Andy's white. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's a good point. Um quick like quickly's gonna start getting serious push for six man of the year. And the thing is is that the analytic like they're in, why is Jokic runaway MVP? Like the I'm not saying the media are like really smart, but they're at least starting to embrace analytics a little bit more on these advanced statistics and quickly blows the field away in all of them. Yeah. But so, the athletic, the athletic said that quickly doesn't really uh, impact the team like Malcolm Brogdon does. So uh, they lose his minutes, man. What are we doing? <laughs> Yo, Kyrie, so this is what, this is when you need to like play the, we're losing recipes video. What? I, I think the Black Army video is ready. I'm just, <laughs> golly. I, the argument isn't even close, man. I'm sorry. It's not even close. Emmanuel quickly literally took Robin's lunch money and half of his blackness. Like, 
I don't know what. Like, I don't know what anybody was watching. Like Malcolm Brogdon went out there and got emancipated. Like shout out to Black History Month because he was free. I mean, you quickly treated him like he was free food. Grew up on the sidewalk. He was Costco. Oh, well, sure. Jeff says get in on, on that Emmanuel Quickly six minute of the year hype. Um, Quickly's up to fifty two point nine EFG and fifty six point nine true shooting on the season now. He'll probably get to like fifty eight true shooting, fifty nine true shooting, which would be nuts. By the way, that'd be like a good what? That's a five true shooting jump. Hell, I mean, he, he's just. I, I don't even care about the. I mean, the shooting is obviously great. I, I do care about that, but like. You just watched that fourth quarter today. Watch, like, so the the Celtics were doing this thing. They play this, like, weird, like, it's like a 2-3 zone, but they're also trapping out of it constantly. It's very odd. But, like, he was, like, he, you could see him. He was, he he saw the traps. So he was trying to draw the traps, and then he would swing the ball. Like, they had this one possession, I thought, I think the, the one that ended up with the, the, uh, the OB corner three, right after the timeout. If you watch that possession back, uh, like, quickly draws... The, the, the trap and then he swings it to Brunson Brunson swings to Hart Hart swings it to Obi for an open corner three like that was all because of quickly though quickly drew, and like Brunson did a good job of this too so this is Brunson was just had a very odd game where like he'd play really well and then he would have these like five possessions in a row where he's like no we're just gonna not do anything on offensively until there's eight seconds left in the shot clock HV dive possessions yeah it was yeah, he, just power eye just dialing up power eye. Like, it was so weird. The end of that first half, I'm like, are you on crack? Like, are, at the start of the third quarter. Because it was so funny because, like, right, right like at halftime, right, they had uh, they had Papa Brunson interview with, um, what's her name, Rebecca. And he was like, yeah, you know, we got to push the pace a little bit more. And, like, the first three possessions are just, like, power eye, you know, fucking sweep, running back sweep, triple option. I'm like, no, let Pick up the pace here a little bit, but you know, he, he, he did that fine though, too, for the most of the game where like draw the trap, swing, swing, swing. Um, no, the Knicks played like, this is the best thing. The Knicks won by 15 today. I don't even think they played like that. Well, particularly great offensive game at all. Like I, I feel like they actually left a lot on the table. Um, aside from quickly and Mitch, I, I don't think. I would say, yeah. And heart like, but, and but Grimes, like, honestly, and, uh, and, 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 and Obi. Yeah. But like, okay. Grimes yeah. took what? Guys, let me just shots. let me just Obi. finish the ad read. No, we're not. We're done. The ad read's done. Uh, I, I gotta say the code, man. I have to say the code. TBVN. No bad IQ. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBVN. You get five dollars and you get two hundred. You bet five dollars, you get two hundred bonus bets. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for for details. All right. Uh, no, but like like the like Obi took what three shots today? Grimes took. Two, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, yeah, these guys played well offensively, but we're, we're talking like, come on, like, RJ didn't have a particularly good game offensively. Randall didn't have a particularly good game offensively. Brunson didn't have a particularly good game offensively. Those are your three highest usage guys, and you still put up 109 points. You won by 15, uh, and like, I don't know what to say. Like, that's just an impressive victory in that sense. Uh, and I gotta say this, like, because Julius, like, again, just uh, one of the most bizarre. In, infuriating weirdly exhilarating players that are rooted for uh he's like now he's like just been good on like really good on defense for about a month and a half now 
just like he just decided like, oh yeah, you know, like I should do that too. Like I, I'm, I've been really good on offense, but you know, I'm going to lock in on defense. Not too. And he's playing the best defensive ball of his career. Like I, it's, it's pretty amazing how consistently good now he's been on defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, and yeah, you're right. Grimes does deserve a lot of credit. His defense today was fucking awesome, by the way, on Tatum. Um, like really fucking good. Him and Hart did a good job at him, but I thought I thought Grimes really, you know, he, he fucked him up at the start of each half. And Randall, you 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 brought it up multiple times, Schwen, so I have to say it like those swing swings, Randall, Randall missed Grimes on a couple of them. Like he just doesn't ever make those swing swing passes ever. Um, but I have to give a shout out. Grimes did hit a corner three tonight off the Julius Randall hockey assist where he had the ball on this on on the wing or in the I guess in the corner, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And a double was coming. And rather than wait for both guys to literally be right next to him like he does 95% of the time, he <laughs> anticipates the double and throws the pass to Brunson at the top of the key, who swings the pass for the swing swing. That all started because Randall drew the scramble. And then rather than waiting for it, started the passing early. That is the type of anticipation processing we need to see more from him. That was an awesome play. One of my favorite plays, like boring plays that he's made. And it's just, it just makes the, like we were talking about with RJ earlier. And obviously they're not the same because Randall's way better all-star player, deserving all-star, but it just makes the times he doesn't make those, you know, swing passes all the more frustrating because you know, he's capable of it. Okay. Schwinn. I have a theory, and I want you to tell me how this sounds. Watching Julius Randle play basketball is the equivalent of dating a Dominican woman in New York City. <laughs> I, I I can't say that I've uh, I've I've had the experience, um, but I'll take your word for it, Tyrese. I'm gonna tweet that, and I want people to tell me if they agree or not. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, I just think Randall is like, you can see it. Like he's like visibly, it, like, it was annoying at the start of the year when they kept like on every broadcast, they'd be like, he's, he's smiling, smiling. He's smiling. Like, 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 he's okay, meditating. He's but doing it, he is in a better place mentally. Um, that makes a difference. It definitely does. Um, you know, it definitely helps that, you know, he's not booing the fans and, you know, giving us a thumbs down and all that shit. Um, Jordan Bell with this interesting comment. The Knicks now have 36 wins. Only one team in the Western Conference has more than 36 wins, the Denver Nuggets from Knicks Muse. That's very interesting. I mean, that just shows, like, I guess, like, the difference in the conferences, like, how much of a dogfight, I guess, um, either the East or the West is. I mean, depending on how you look at it. The West so to, like, be, uh, to be fair, it's a little it's a little misleading because the Grizzlies have 36 wins but four less losses, but or four fewer losses. But mm, sorry, I'm not trying to take away from your point. But the Grizzlies also suck ass. So <laughs> I agree. I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but like <laughs> I think like the the Western Conference is a like an undercard, and and the and the Eastern Conference is the, you know the main event. Like. Yeah, like the, the West sucks, dude. I'm sorry. Like it's yeah, it does this year. I mean, yeah, it really does. I mean, the the fact that like the 13th seed has a chance to like jump up to like fourth or something in the <laughs> in the West is kind of insane to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the other day on the broadcast, they were like Phoenix is its fourth, but like a couple losses and they can jump all the way down to 13. It's like what the hell is going on over there? It's like oh wow, that's insane. 
the great Pelicans dropped to 30 and 32 today. Very sad. Shout out to Very David Griffin. He deserves this. David Griffin deserves this. Well, he's working with Satan to get all those really, lottery <laughs> rigs, so you know. I mean, they re- they really do though, because Laka, his luck had to run out eventually. Can Can you imagine, like, if the Pelicans had this Knicks season with this Nick Knicks roster, they wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Like, they everybody would be talking about. I mean, oh, they didn't shut up. They didn't shut up after like, the six game series with the Suns last year. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, oh my god, Trey Murphy to this," and it's like Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy is not good defensively. That's like. People need to stop calling him a three and D guy. He's a three guy. If they could like, if they could merge Trey Murphy's offense with Herb Jones' defense, that'd be a pretty good play. You'd have. Hey, Herb Jones went three of nine for ten points tonight. So, relax. All right. Real fucking explosion from Herb Jones, who the Knicks should kill themselves for not drafting. Um, No, like I, I just, it's really funny, like looking at the way people talk about Trey Murphy and Herb Jones compared to somebody like because i'm like i think quentin grimes is what like he's what you guys think that guy those guys are um you know again like he okay so apparently grimes actually took five shots today which is amazing um he and they all came in the second all came in the third quarter because he had zero can you guys guys explain that to me can you seriously can you guys explain that to me what does Emmanuel quickly? I, I'm genuinely curious because I watch the film all the time and I I, I can't make sense of it. Because Quentin Grimes is a great mover off the ball. Emmanuel quickly comes in the game, plays with the same lineup because that's the first sub they always make. They always it's always Mitch and Mitch and uh, Grimes or Hart, RJ yeah. and Grimes for quickly and Hart. And Grimes today took zero shots in the first half. Quickly comes in, plays with the same unit, plays the same role that Grimes does. And he'll just immediately get four shots. Does he get? They're not because, all coming because he's initiating more. What is the difference? Because I think I, I I said this in our Discord today, but like I think it's very obvious that Brunson and Randall trust quickly. Then they don't trust Grimes in the same way. I don't think they trust RJ in the same way anymore. Like it's very obvious that quickly just has more juice. Um, also, quickly if you watch him off the ball, he's like pretty fucking annoying. About like being open, he's like, yeah, he makes himself <laughs> known. But like that, I mean, he's, look, that's he's, like he's also really annoying about other people being open too. He, yeah, he has to lead the league in pointing to somebody open. It's so yeah. funny to see. Like, if anybody's open, he'll point at the, to the ball handler. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to some extent, like I do think, like I, I think Grimes should be like more, like I'm fucking open, like Julius. Yeah, like, he the, should definitely should do the wacky inflatable tube man thing. But like, um, yeah, he he he's just look. It's fine. He's a second year player. I think he's still figuring some shit out. It looks like he's getting his legs back again, which is nice to see. Uh, other than that weird ass fucking air ball he had, um, I think that was like that was a pretty good closeout. I wonder if he just like had to put too much air on it and then didn't adjust like you know everything about the shot. But um, he did hit a corner three, which was nice. And hit that layup he had actually on Horford was fucking filthy uh that was that was really really nice but yeah i mean look it, it's it's pretty clear to me anyways that like i don't really give a shit about this argument anymore like who's the best who's the next best young player but like it's like hey just enjoy all of them yeah i don't really care about it but like there's there's a reason why quickly is playing as much as he is right now um and why it's like i think tibbs has trusted quickly more than rj for a lot of this season uh i i think you're also seeing now like 
your two best players kind of, I don't want to say, I mean, they, their decisions on the court when he's on the court seem to signal like a higher degree of trust in him than they do with necessarily RJ or, or Grimes. And I think in RJ's case, it's probably because they trust that quickly is more likely to like swing the ball back um, or whatever. And that is what it is. So, um, you know, that's not really like a, I don't even know if that's a shot at RJ really. Cause I think like they do need a third guy of that ilk. Um, RJ just has to be better at being that guy. So either way, uh, the Knicks are, they're doing well. They're doing great. And Schwinn is in the matrix. Um, <laughs> oh, he's back. Schwinn, are you back? Yeah, I don't know why. Every time I'm on this, yeah, every time I'm on this, my stream drops randomly, but then it'll be fine again. I don't know. Mm. But on like the pods that we do on here, it's fine. It's it's very. I hot. think it's because the pods aren't live. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we got a great matchup going into. Or we're gonna be at home versus the the Nets. Next game with the rest advantage. Let's go with the rest advantage um, versus a Brooklyn squad that has struggled to score um, ever since everyone said they were a really fun team and, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got like molly whopped by the um, the Bulls the other day. And I feel like they just got lo- They just lost to the um, Hawks at the buzzer. Um, the team that is towards the bottom of the play in standings um so yeah i mean things are really looking up for us we have a chance to really make some ground on that fifth seed and maybe even make some ground towards that fourth seed if things really all you know go our way but yeah i'm really looking forward to this um this nets matchup hopefully we can you know beat them again i know last time um jalen brunson put up you know a nice 40 spot to secure that win um hopefully we won't have to require such a gallivant effort um but yeah how we how we feeling about heading into this next matchup versus um the nets seven in a row yeah i feel i i don't know how you can't feel good like it's not even just about how we're beating these teams it's not about how we're playing the guys just seem really confident out there like there seems like there's a looseness and a freeness to their game that i just don't remember seeing very often um so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you don't feel good about the Knicks right now. It's it's great. It's, it's it's a really good feeling. This is this is so much better than the twenty twenty. Better might be the wrong word, but like different. No, and better is the absolute right word. It is better. It's better. better it's, it it just also feels like more sustainable than the twenty twenty one. Yes, I, no, no, no. It is better in that way. I guess I just mean that like because. 2020, 2021 was like unsustainable. And because it was such a surprise, there is like a fun feeling about that. Like, holy shit, we're like a Cinderella story type thing, you know? Yeah. Like that, that was, that was, that was fun in its own way. But yes, Mm -hmm. this is just, yeah, it's better. (laughs) Well, this is, this is better because like that year did feel like, okay, we're building something. Um, But like you, like you always knew, right? Like Derrick Rose is not a long term piece. Like Alfred Payton is never going to be the guy that we want him to be to be a point guard um like i know people loved reggie bullock i was never a reggie bullock guy like he did really well for us that season and then i was happy that he went away um that's just sorry that's how i felt and as we can uh, see as like todd is obviously not he's not going to be a long-term piece you say that he's back yeah like todd is not gonna, 
Yeah, Todd is not going to be a long-term piece, and Noel. I don't think. I mean, I know they brought him back, but I I don't think any of us was particularly like thrilled about Nerlens Noel's <laughs> return to the team. Uh, but like this year, you're watching a team, and you're like, okay, Quickly's 23, Brunson's 26, Randall's 28. He's the oldest guy in the rotation. Uh, Mitch is 24, Obi's 24, soon to be 25. I don't know if he's already. RJ's 22. Hart is 27 now, uh, you know, and even guys like, you know, uh, Grimes is 22, but you like other guys, right? Like Deuce and Sims, they're situational, but Deuce is 22. Sims is 24. Like, it feels like, okay, like, like if you told me we ran this team back next year, didn't make any significant moves, I would be like, okay, that's fine. Like, I haven't felt like that. Like, that, and that's not to say that I would think, oh, if they did that, they'd be a championship team next year. No, but I'm saying like, I think they are in a position where actually improving the team is hard. Like, I think it's very hard for them to get the necessary improvements they need. Uh, Like you can tell me it's easy to improve on RJ. Sure. But we're not talking about, I think they already have a base as like a frisky playoff team, right? What we're talking about in terms of upgrading the roster is, can you get a guy that vaults you into genuine contention? And that's why RJ is such a, weird player to discuss because it's like you feel like he's the guy that's supposed to be like if he became the type of player we're talking like we think he could become maybe then 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 you're probably already there he hasn't done that yet um so like what you're like this is why like you know fucking mccall bridges og and ob these guys don't do anything for me like what do they do for me? These guys are just going to come in and be solid NBA players. Like, that's great. They'll make us a better regular season team. I promise you in the playoffs, they are not moving the needle for you in the way you need the needle to be moved. Uh, and they will never have the potential to next to Brunson and Randall. They just are not the guys to do that. RJ might not be the guy either. I feel like you should separate OG and McCall there. I, I, I agree. I agree with you that McCall, McCall is close to a ceiling, but McCall's a really really fucking good player and he'd be a really good third option next to Brunson and Randall. If if McCall is your third option, you're not a comp- you're not you're not winning. You're just not. Like you don't have enough offensive shot creation. Especially if Randall and Brunson are your number 1 and 2, not possible. I'm sorry. Like as good as Randall and Brunson are, they are not going to be number 1 and 2 options on a championship team. Not possible. Not fucking Yeah, possible. that's that's a different conversation, but like but like, so what, what does it do for me if I trade RJ for? I mean, Macal Bridges has already been the third option on a team that was title favorites back to back years. So Mickey, yeah, they did a little Mickey Mouse Russell Western Conference run that they got snuffed out by Giannis in the in the finals. Okay, yeah. Wait, Tyrese, what did you say? I said Brunson was already the number two option on the Western Conference finals. Right, and that's the perfect role for him. That's the perfect role for him. Like number two option on a contender for Brunson, I can definitely see that. Number three option for this version of Randall that's defending like this, hundred percent, I can see that. I can definitely see that. He'd have to buy in, and like I do think if you get the a player of the caliber, you ultimately need to be the number one guy. I do think Julius would buy in. Like I I I do buy that now, seeing how he's played with Brunson. Um, but like I'm not really interested in like oh let's trade rj for guys that are really good analytics darlings because they stand in the corner and can't dribble and shoot threes and like play solid defense like cool dude that's great we got josh hart who's apparently the greatest three-point shooter ever now um 
and like we got Emmanuel quickly and we have Quentin Grimes. Like, I don't need more of those fucking guys. We have plenty of those guys. And quickly obviously can do more than just stand in the corner and spot up. But like we need a a different level of talent to get to the level we're talking about. We're not like I swapping RJ for McCall Bridges, it, it, yeah, you're gonna win five, six, seven more regular season games this season, maybe, but doing that. And I would not feel any fucking different about what this team's capable of in the playoffs. I really wouldn't. Because I think, and I'll just say this flat out, I think McCall Bridges is one of the most overrated defenders in the NBA. Who the fuck is he locked up? Tell me a guy he's locked up. I want to know. Because last year I saw Brandon Ingram fucking serve him fucking constantly, game after game after game after game. That's Brandon Ingram. Say so We're not even talking about like, you know, fucking Tatum, you know, Donovan Mitchell, whatever. Keep going. Like, there's so many guys. Like, he, he's not that type of defender. He's a really good team defender. He's got his moments on ball. He's got a long wingspan so he can get deflections and shit. Cool, dude. I don't give a fuck about McCall Bridges. He can have fun being the face of the fucking bullshit franchise in Brooklyn and go fuck himself. It's a little, uh, it's a little much. <laughs> what does McCall Bridges do to you, dude? Fuck McCall Bridges. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Oh my God. Like, did McCall, like, like kill a family member or something? Yo, he, I, think he's, I think he's an incredibly annoying player. Like, this guy fucking runs his mouth all the time. I'm like, you're a 15-point-per-game scorer who does nothing off the dribble, doesn't create anything unless you're playing the Miami Heat randomly the night before fucking All-Star break. Get the fuck out of here. He's always chirping the other team's bench. Fuck you. You're you're not good enough to chirp at the other team's bench. Fuck out of here, dude. Man, I feel like I've never noticed this at all, and I've, like, watched a bunch of him. That's that's <laughs> wild. I'm, gonna have to, I'm definitely going to start looking for it now, though. Oh man. All right. JL ask 14 and 5 to win 50 games. Can they do it? I say um you said pull up the schedule. I don't I don't see why they can't. They have the 18th easiest schedule remaining. I say why not? Wait, the Knicks have the 18th easiest schedule now left after tonight, After- yeah. After this okay, week, so the schedule is Let's go through it. They got Nets Wednesday, okay. Friday Heat, Celtics yes. Sunday, Hornets Tuesday, and we have so, the King on March 9th. I think, I, think they, I think they can go three and one over that stretch, over the Brooklyn, Miami, Boston, Charlotte stretch. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I think they can go three and one. I'm going to go two and two. I, that Knicks Heat game feels like one of those annoying close it it just feels like an annoying close loss i feel like miami's not as bad as they played during that four game losing streak i do think they're worse than us but i do think i still think spo's a better coach than tibbs and i feel like at home that's one that i feel like he gets he gets that one for them and then i think boston beats us on sunday um after the hornets game we do have a four game western western road swing um, Kings, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers. Uh, I don't see the reason why they can't go three and one, if not two and two. Bronze out, so I don't care about the Lakers. Fair. I think, I think the only team I, they should have beat the Clippers at the Garden. I think they're flat. I think they're better than the Clippers. Um, which is insane. especially now with Russ. Yeah, I mean it's just insane to say that. Like, and he loves playing like Marcus Morris a ton, who absolutely fucking sucks now. Yeah, he does. Uh, and uh, the Blazers might be embracing the tank by that point. Yeah. They might have a rest day. 
So you might. Damien Damien guys can't run it for revenge game, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> I hope so. I'm playing. <laughs> Um, after the Blazers, we got Nuggets and Timberwolves at home. Um, then we play the Heat in South Beach on March 22nd. Yeah, I don't see five losses the rest of the schedule. I'm sorry. Then we play the Magic. God, why do I always have to be the dick? There are clearly five losses on the schedule. It's like... (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? They can just—they're still—they can still just lose a game. Like that's—they can, but like the way they're rolling right now, it's like really like tough to like say like which team. Like the one I'm really confident that we might lose is probably the Nuggets. Maybe at home, that seems like it's a Sunday um, matinee. It might be or a yeah, Saturday matinee. One. We're losing that one, but like otherwise. I mean, we have two um, at Miami. We've got at Boston. We might lose two. one of them. Okay, two at Miami, at Boston, at Cleveland, and the Nuggets. There's Cleveland doesn't losses. Cleveland doesn't scare me at all. Cleveland, Every single matchup yeah. we've played them, we've played them pretty well. The only time they beat us was when they went absolutely nuclear from three. I mean, look, I hope you're right. I'm just saying, like, we've really, really stepped on the accelerator. I mean, we I play the Magic, the Rockets, the Wizards, and the Pacers and Pelicans a bunch. Those are plenty of games to like gain a whole bunch of momentum to put to the point where those games against the Cavs don't really like mean much yeah like literally you have a stretch where you play yeah the Magic the Rockets um, and then you play the Wizards Pacers Pelicans and then the Pacers again to end the season so like and the Cavs and Heat are sandwiched right in between them that's perfect building the team is peaking right now Uh, I think you kind of have to ride the wave and I do feel like them beating the Celtics. I told you, I said if they won, if they won this game against the Celtics, I felt like they swept the week. Um, because like this just feels like such a game where it just kind of feels like okay, now we've really like you know made that leap. And I'm sorry, the Heat can't score. The Heat cannot score, and I like their defense, but I also like our defense. And Bam Adebayo has looked like a shell of himself since he went to Utah. He did. He did block Embiid today. Wow! I, I mean, Embiid fucking sucks. Who cares? I mm. to make that dude a yeah. playmaker, and he he turns to a fucking idiot. Like that dude can. Not, oh my god! I'm gonna pass it to. Oh, turnover! Like is is this like is this like when I say Kevin Durant sucks? Like when you know he doesn't suck, but like you say it just to make yourself feel a little bit better. No, okay. you just say because you hate that fucking guy. <laughs> Embiid is great until the second round of the playoffs start. Yes, this is like this is like good like this is like your your inner hater coming out basically. Exactly. So like he's yeah. a quote unquote good player, but like <laughs> quote unquote good player. <laughs> like, I, don't, he, I don't even give players I hate that type of like praise. Like he's te- technically some, speaking, he fits the criteria of being a good player. Some some people believe Joel Embiid is a good player. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I'm telling you, the second round of the playoffs is going to come. The Celtics are going to have him in a chokehold. Oh, yeah. No, the Celtics own them. The Celtics fucking own them. And the Bucs are going to, like, make... Again, you just make Joel Embiid a playmaker, and that dude is going to look like a deer in the headlights. Like, I don't care about Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. Um, can we just say real quick, I don't know who, I don't know if you guys talked about this before I got here, but, like, Mitchell Robinson's first... What was it? I don't know if it was the first quarter. If it was the first quarter. First I think, quarter. That was, like... 
insane. That was insane. That was, I mean, that, that's like that. I mean, that's like defensive player of the year level caliber stuff that we saw from that quarter. What I think he had two steals in that quarter. I mean, he was just fucking steal out of steal that mind. block on Tatum yeah. was absolutely nuts. And then to follow it up with what you call it, what was it like a putback or a lob or something? I forgot which what was the play. There were so many different plays that Mitch Robinson was involved in that were just absolutely amazing tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is what it, this is like what people are talking about. Like when we talk about like missing Mitch, um, like when he's totally locked in, like this is why the Knicks like defense really kind of faltered while he was out. Cause like we needed someone to make these type of dynamic plays um, and we just didn't have it. And here he is back again. And he joined at the perfect time because we got him and Josh Hart back. That's like a double trade acquisition almost. Um, and they've been absolutely insane. And, you know, that's why I feel so confident in this latter stretch of the season to get 50 wins because like in some of these matchups, like against some of these teams that we've played before that we're going to play again. We didn't have Mitch. Like we didn't have Mitch in the Nets matchup that we had before or the heat game or the Cavs or some of these Cavs games. Um, now that we're having Mitch back, I feel very confident. Um, and with the acquisition of Josh Hart, it just makes it that much more, you know, potent, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's like really weird because I like I love that the Knicks are good, but it's funny like think because like I feel like every time I talk about them now, I'm just like, yeah, it's so fun. They're great. <laughs> like that's it. Like I don't really have much to say. It's really great. They're great. Me and Jeff the other day after the uh, post game, we were talking about like how weird it is like to like do these post games now, and we're just like talking about all this po- positive shit about the Knicks. <laughs> like after like what we started the post games doing last year. Like last year we were doing the post games during like the three and 17 stretch and like all the blown leads and like, we'd come on here so miserable. So like, it's such a stark difference. It's like, what do we even talk about now? It's like, we're talking about all this positive shit, but like, yeah. I mean, you got to say too, like Tibbs, like I don't, especially the last like month or so, I don't know what's happened. I do. I, I do feel like he's getting more input. This moment. Yeah. I think, I do think he's getting more, he's taking on more, input from Johnny Bryant or something because his in-game decisions now are like significantly better, significantly better. He got, he um, got a lot to take at home. Tell him what to do. Really no, he what? He, 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 what? Tibbs, Tibbs is literally like not interested in that. Tibbs only wants like, he, he like doesn't barfs care. at the sound of like women. Tibbs, Tibbs <laughs> goes from like, he left Madison Square Garden today and went straight to Terrytown. Like he, he doesn't go home. He doesn't go home, dude. He, like Terry Down is his home, um, but like, like he's like even the small stuff today. Like, right, where he, like he pulled RJ. I think what was that? It was like three minutes, two or three minutes into the, in the fourth quarter. He was just like immediately like, yeah, like no, get Brunson back in there. And yeah, you can say like he's stretching Brunson's minutes too much. That's reasonable, but like, you know, even like he, his willingness to just be like, well, RJ doesn't have it tonight. I'm closing with quickly and hard. Or I'll close it quickly in Grimes. Or I'll close like his willingness to make those decisions are so far and away from like the shit we saw from him for two years, right? Where you're like, like you're like, why are we doing this again? Why why is Kemba Walker back in the game? Why is Kemba Walker starting again? Like like he's he's not making these idiotic decisions anymore. And I think his end game decision making has been a lot better. Like you know, just in terms of like fouling up too, um, you know. 
just those are like, like that's like a very small example, but it's just he used his challenge oh, tonight. Yeah, which and it was a good challenge. I by the way, that was the yeah. first like dog. I've never seen a tech on that. I've never seen yeah, a tech on that. They gave him a tech for him getting fouled. Yo, and why was Clyde like so horny for that to be a foul on Brunson? His first reaction when he saw the replay was like, oh, but Mike, look, Brunson kicked his leg out. I'm like, how is that the first thing you fucking noticed, dude? He Get tries too hard to be objective. And it's like, yeah. dude, like you're 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 a former Knicks point guard. You can root for the Knicks dog. It's okay. Like you maybe, can do maybe, that. Maybe he's worried Brunson's coming for the number one spot. Hey, I mean, <laughs> he gets a championship. He's gonna start See, being to like point, to your point about uh about Tibbs Schwinn. His non-Brunson Randall staggering has gotten so much better too. Way better. Uh, a couple of a couple of examples from tonight that I noticed. He clearly wanted to get Brunson or excuse me, RJ and Grimes back in the game at the end of the first half. Usually when he does that, he waits until some whistle and gets them in together to pull quickly and hart from the game. Tonight he put Grimes in first for Hart, but kept kept quickly out there because quickly was playing well. And then put RJ out a couple minutes after. So there's two different lineup combinations instead of just, or excuse me, three different lineup combinations instead of just two. And then both halves, the bench unit was doing fine, but because he got Mitch out uh, like halfway through the first and the third, he, he, bring him trickled, back in, right? Mitch, he, he trickled Mitch back in with the bench unit, which is just a good move because we keep saying it over and over again. This team's biggest strength is its versatility. More lineup combinations is a good thing. Let more people play with one another. He also, one other thing that I really like tonight, he got Obi some minutes with Brunson. Like, you know, I still think that Randall and Brunson need to be staggered even more, but Brunson or Obi shared the court with Brunson for a couple of minutes, and that's a good thing for him. Like, that's, that's a really good thing for him. I love quickly as much as anybody. Um, but Obi, like, Brunson is the best you know, main ball handler on the team as good as quickly is. And you're suppressing Obi's ability to contribute by not letting him share the court with Brunson at all. Um, so that was, that was another thing that was good to see. I, I, I thought Tim's coached a great game tonight. Um, and he, he did something at the end of the first quarter too. I think he played like he brought Deuce in, right? He brought Deuce in and he brought Obi in. And like, I think he didn't have a floor at the very end of the first quarter. Like it was cause there's 3.6 seconds, 3.6 seconds left and so i think he just went to like a small because they had the ball so i think he just wanted like as many fast guys but like he normally wouldn't do that he's he took hartenstein out. i remember he took hartenstein and randall out and i think he brought mm-hmm. deuce and obi in um it was just yeah, like it was, I, I was just very minutes. surprising yeah it was just like those are like very small things they might not move the needle that much but like those are the type of things that show like an awareness of trying to win margins where you can win them as a coach. And that's the shit that he punted on for so long. Right. And you're just so like, yeah, like, dude, if he's going to coach like this, like I become a lot, I can deal with a lot of, a lot of my hangups with the offensive stuff and some of his defensive rigidity, because like my bigger issue with rigidity was always the, like it has always been the rotations. It's always been the rotations. Cause you're just like, can we never see this team operate in like a different capacity? Maybe is that like, no, we can't do that. Um, and he's doing it now. So yeah, no, he, he coached a really good game. And I think in general, like I said, I think the last month, month and a half or so he's been, there's been a definite shift um, in a lot of his habits as a coach, which is really positive. Schwinn, we have a very important question for you right here. 
Oh, not even close. Grant Williams. Grant Williams <laughs> is like that guy is like like Miguel Bridges. I just don't like, but like he's actually good at basketball. Grant Williams is like a fucking, you know. I mean, a he's potato. probably yeah. He, he's he's like a can of Pringles. Like I mean, that guy. He's What's wrong probably, with Pringles? There's nothing wrong with Pringles. That he looks like a can of them. Like he's just. <laughs> The guy is just a fucking man. This guy was whining like hell tonight too. Like my that god, that one he, he was bitching like... about with Randall was insane. I'm like, that's the foul. Like I don't really understand. You're like, literally like hacking him. Like I don't understand. I I can't stand that guy. His like his that that entire shitty ad after the finals where he was like, oh yeah, we were the better team. I'm like, okay, maybe you were, but I want you to know one thing. Like you are not the person to say it. Like you can't say that. I'm sorry. Right message, wrong messenger. Yeah. You're not allowed to say that. Like, maybe Jalen Brown could say it. You know, maybe, like, Marcus Smart could say it. Like, your ass played, like, 10 minutes a game in that series, and you were fucking garbage. You were absolute garbage. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, it's cool that you had one game against Milwaukee where they literally were just like, well, we'll just leave them wide open, and we'll see what happens. Like, that's it. That's <laughs> our game plan. So congrats on that. But, like, you fucking suck, and you look like a can of Pringles. Oh wow, Nick's over 45.5 wins on DraftKings is plus 100. Okay, I was going to I was gonna, I, I was looking for that and I couldn't find it, but I was like, you guys are that sounds like a really good bet though. I don't like do you I'd see that, that or did somebody apparently, put that in the apparently apparently Tatum's second tech that was like actually what he said. What he he actually said this was the best officiated game I ever played in. <laughs> wow. Like, sarcastically i mean very like he, he was about to get teed up anyways because if you if you go back and watch it he took that three and i think he thought randall fouled him or whatever and he gets up and he started like like clapping at the ref and the guy was about to tee him up but then he saw like we kind of had an advantage so he let it play i don't think he got i think he was going to give him the second tech no matter what i just think he let him play it out and then he was he teed because as soon as that play was over he basically turned around and teed up Tatum so yeah I mean look I don't really care like they weren't going to win that game anyway um, and I, he might have helped like he might have helped us put the, put the game away earlier with the way he was shooting I mean that was that was one of the worst games I've ever seen Jason Tatum play he looks so uninterested he was terrible it was like genuinely awful I don't know what he was doing on offense the entire game um, tween Hezzy into Brick because Quentin Grimes <laughs> put him in Alcatraz it's great. Yeah. I mean, Grimes really had him in hell. I liked Hart trolling him after the second tech. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. great. Josh Hart, Josh Hart is great at that stuff. He's great at that stuff. He's a good troll. He, he, he's a very he, just, good troll. he just tweeted, too. He was bitching. He's like, yo, get that camera off me. Like, let me, he's <laughs> like, he's like, let, let, let me, let me have some fun on the court. <laughs> yeah, you're in New York now, buddy. There's cameras everywhere. It's not Portland. Um, huh. Hawkeye okay, four twenty says that Clyde is bitter because he had to he he had to see ass grace the MSG floor for like two plus decades. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair, I guess. But you should appreciate what we're seeing right now. I mean, you know, these are those rare years where the Knicks, you know, give him something worth watching. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's all the comments that we can address unless you guys see any comments that you want to address. Um, 
Oh, we do have this interesting one when we were talking about 2021 versus now. Um, Larry Israel says 2021, we were praying started to hold on until the bench arrived. Not as fun as this team where it's a waves of skilled players. Definitely. This team definitely has like more, I guess, depth. Um, and just like the depth is like they're all they're all on the same timeline too, as to like what Schwinn's point was earlier, where like we knew guys weren't long term pieces and now we have a whole bunch of guys where we're like, you know, we can see these guys being here for longer periods of time just because like they're all on the same timeline. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it just this is like honestly, this is exactly what I've always wanted the Knicks to do. Like just draft players, keep them for a while see what happens. Like, I, I don't know. This is pretty fun for me. I I'm sure that there's a, there's a group of fans somewhere crying that we didn't like tank for Victor Wembanyama this year, which as if that was ever like even possible with the Adam Silver was never going to allow that to happen. So Adam Silver sucks. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, Harden, Knicks... quickly, Harden quickly crossed the hundred minute mark tonight playing together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are they like a plus seven billion? What do you think? Let's 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 hear guess. Somebody plus I say plus thirty-five. Plus forty-seven. Plus a (laughs) hundred. Are you high? Um, they're plus eighteen. They're plus eighteen point eight for hundred possessions. Hey, oh, I think you're talking about. I think you're talking about. I think you're like talking about a net plus. I mean, it feels like plus. Oh, yes. Well, I mean. 18.8 18.8 per 100 possessions in 116 minutes. It, it probably is in the hundreds. Like, yeah, that's terrible. They need to pick it up. Slacking. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. I do like I. The fact that Hart is making threes now is nice. I actually, but like he he had a couple in the first quarter where he came in and was just like, he, he was just like, uh like he did the he did what he was doing in Portland, right? He got like an open three, pump fake it, and was like, no, fucking, I don't even like, I don't care what he shoots from three he just has to take those threes so it's good in the the second half that he did that and what is he shooting from three like what 11 for not even 11 like what is it 12 12 for 18 something like that it's insane this comment has me curious when who is your most hated player like like nick's rival like like a nick's rival who just like drove you crazy someone random oh that drove me like historically yeah yeah yeah. anyone historically oh oh this is like this is easy fucking austin crochet I absolutely hated that guy. <laughs> I fucking hated that guy, and I I couldn't even tell you why. It just cause, it just because he he was white and he played on the Pacers. That yeah, was I was it. gonna say it's because he's white. Like yeah. he was white and he played on the Pacers and was just like the most Pacers player ever. He's just this fucking doofy ass combo forward. Oh, his dude. face looks so punchable. And I'm just like I hate you. I hate this team. You and Reggie Miller and Chris Mullen. What's up? Jesus I cut out there for a second, so I didn't know Jasmine. Oh no, Sam, Sam just said his his face. His face looks so punchable. Oh, he's he he's fucking. I'm telling you, man, Austin Crozier, that guy. I fucking hated his guts. I hated his fucking guts, and I still hate his guts. I he's probably like a really nice guy. I have no clue, but I basketball hate the fuck out of that guy. Him, fucking PJ Brown forever for obvious reasons. Um. I fucking hated, I absolutely hated the living fuck out of Vashawn Leonard, who played for the Heat. Fuck that guy. Um, just like a terrible player who happened to be on the Heat, and we played them way too many times. Um, so he became an object of my scorn as a child. Yeah, but like Austin Crozier, though, 
easily number one. Not it's not close. There you go. Good comment, Walt right. Clyde Frazier. All right. Um Yes. All right. I think the last comment we'll close out with is the Knicks are the only team in the Atlantic division to beat Boston. Yeah. They're two and two against they're two and one against Boston. They're one and three against Toronto, which is annoying. Uh, they're Very. one and two against Brooklyn, which is also annoying. Hopefully they make that two and two. And they're two and two against Philly. Like if you told me before the season, though, that they had the potential to go what they could go. If they ran the table in the, in the division. What would that be? That'd be like. One would that be 500 basically? 500, they'd be 500, uh, yeah. yeah, like if you told me that before the season, I'd have been like, Yep, I'll take that right now. So if they you go, five hundred, you, you and Stacy actually did that, yeah. if you recall, Schwen, in, in our preseason pod. Yeah, you, you and you and Stacy were like trying to figure out how many games the Knicks were going to win, and you actually went through the divisions. You were like, All right, well, they're going to play this many games, like, let then let's count the wins. Uh, uh, that'd be interesting to go back and listen to. I'm pretty sure I had them like I like ended up picking them to win like 45 games, even though I definitely didn't think they were going to win 45 games this start of the year. <laughs> okay, hey, Sam, do you still think they're winning 37 games? <laughs> hey, <laughs> keep expectations low so that way you enjoy moments like now. Is that what you tell your students? Guys, um... don't have hope. Because nope. you don't have hope, that way you can never be disappointed. I do not tell them that. I do not tell isn't them it, that. Isn't, isn't, isn't that like a Vince Vaughn quote in Dodgeball? Yeah, it's a Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. I found if you have expectations, you you are always disappointed. But if you don't have them, I only have that motto for the Knicks, man. After what happened last year, after I set my expectations too high, you know, you might want to have that for your gambling career too. Jesus. You don't. You That's don't insane. have to tell. You I feel don't like you guys me gross play. Sam's gambling skill, and he's always winning. Like I've seen him win more parlays this year than anyone in my entire. He wins. Life. He wins parlays when he doesn't bet the Knicks. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, but that Knicks thing. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna throw in a same day parlay, and I'm gonna win it before Sam does. And I don't even. Well, the thing is, I go for super high odds. That's the thing. <laughs> I go for like crazy high odds. I don't go for like normal shit, yeah. like normal people. Yeah, well, well, we call that as a problem, actually. <laughs> no, that's just like I tell, going I tell above him, and beyond. I tell him every post game to just call the number once. I'm not calling the number. Just to get a second opinion. Just get a second opinion. I don't need a <laughs> second opinion. I'm good. <laughs> that's, I'm good. That's exactly how they start to sound. Yeah. Well, Sam's gonna be Sam's gonna pick up like a, a, a second job pretty soon. Why well, I, I just need <laughs> extra cash. You know, let's do it. <laughs> Look, dude, when I see the OnlyFans linking your bio, that's what I need. All right. <laughs> All right. I think that's where we're gonna end today's episode off on. <laughs> Definitely not happening. Shout out to everyone that tuned in. We have Sam, had can about I, Sam. Can I Sam? Can I say one more thing? Uh huh. Can I just say one more thing before you close out? I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Chris actually makes a really good point here because I saw you know, I uh, I talked to or was interacting with somebody on Twitter today who was basically mm-hmm. just like, uh, if you look at preseason expectations, it's clear that Tibbs is actually maximizing the talent on this roster and he's actually squeezing. And I said the reason expectations were so low is because of Tibbs. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the people who were like, like the reason the Knicks over under was 40 and a half, 40 and one and a half is because they won 37 games last year. So like, you know, you add Brunson, you lose Burks. Okay. I like that over under makes sense, but spun another way. 
this team won 42, like Pythag had them as a 42 win team last year. And then Randall couldn't be any worse. Quickly, RJ, Obi, and Grimes can all reasonably be assumed to improve somewhat. And then you add Brunson to that. Under reasonable circumstances, this is a, this is a forty-seven win team. Like like that's that is a more reasonable projection. But nobody knew which Tibbs like how Tibbs would he keep playing Evan Fournier? Like you couldn't just before the season say, oh yeah, he's going to bench Evan Fournier twenty or what, however many games in the season. You know, like oh Emmanuel quickly is going to start playing close to thirty minutes a game. Yeah, um, and, and, and I think to that point, like. Like when I brought that up last year, people like there, there was just like a lot of pushback to that where it's like, no, well, you didn't have a point guard in this. I'm like, okay, look, all those things can be true if you believe them, but like their point differential is what their point differential was. And they underperformed that. And you could go through our schedule and there were like 15 games where you would be like, it's not unreasonable to think they could have probably won five of these games that they lost. Like, how many blown leads did we see? Like, that Nets one was insane right before All Star break. Whereas like they're up fucking 28. And you're like, they don't have Kyrie. They don't have KD. They didn't have, I mean, Benson has never played for them. Uh, he still doesn't, apparently. Uh, but like, they they just, they, and then you lose that game. So it's like, you look at all that, and they clearly underperformed their point differential. Then you add a player like Brunson. Uh, you bake in development for your younger players, just naturally probably getting better. You assume, like, which I, which I assume, I did not assume Randall was going to be back to being like better than ever before, which is crazy. But I did assume, like, okay, Randall's back. He's probably not, he's not going to be as bad. Like, he, like, it's actually impossible for him to be as bad as he was last year. And so, and then Mitch will probably be better just because, you know, he's not coming off an injury, whatever. But even then, because of like, I didn't know how Tibbs would deploy the roster. And then you still had Rose here, which the Rose thing pissed me off because I was like, he just has no role here now. Like, quickly, he's too good. You signed Jalen Brunson. Why do I care about Derrick Rose? Like, it doesn't matter. Um, so you had Rose here, you had Fournier, and then you had Cam Reddish, who like we were like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? What? Is, like, we don't know what the hell's going on here. It's just all kinds of all kinds of things. But he ultimately like, and this is the first time he really truly settled on, and he did this pretty quickly for him anyway. Settled on like the proper rotation, um, and that. Like it's not a, it's like a massive coincidence that as soon as he did that, where he was like, okay, I'm gonna play quickly more. Cam's never playing. Rose is never playing. Fournier is never playing. Once he did that, the team became good. Like I'm, it's not a coincidence. You got rid of your three most negative players, and replaced, and you pr- just basically redistributed their minutes all to your better players. So, you know, who cares? Like it, they clearly made the right choice. And then now you added Hart, who is like. He's he's put this team into into tur- like he's turbocharged them right like him and then on top of that Mitch coming back it's like all like you literally the only negative player right now in the rotation is RJ and I still and I and I truly think I, this is not like me I, the offense is up and down but like the last three games his defense I think there are really good signs there with him um, so like if if the worst case scenario is we have to deal with RJ being like a basket case offensively for the rest of the year, but his defense is solid. This team, and like, I don't, I feel like everybody else is pretty much like relatively going to be the same. Hart is not going to keep shooting a bajillion percent from three, but like, oh. maybe, maybe. Uh, but like, this team is, I, I don't think, that, I just think they're really good. And and yeah, they're probably better than even like, you know, a 47 Pythag or anything. Like, there, there might be, considering the upgrade they've made now in, in season, like, I mean, 
I would be surprised if this team, if you, at the end of the day, like if you judge from when they made that rotation change to wherever they end up at the end of the season, I would be surprised if they don't end up as a 50 plus win pace team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Those have 50 wins to show for it as well. Yeah. Shout out Robert Cross if he's ever listening to this. 53 wins. Um, Christopher also said, "Still to Leon for putting together a team so good. Thomas couldn't even screw this up exactly. Oh, he tried. Oh, he on the strength tried. of that alone. Oh, yeah, he definitely tried. He tried. He will always try, as Tom Thibodeau loves to do. Um, I, I do feel like we're going to look back and also, because I, I started the show by saying, you know, we should be thankful for Obi. We're going to look back if this season ends up being meaningful and be really thankful for what Deuce gave us for those, like, 20 games. Because... That was a big move by Tibbs. Like for Tibbs to do that, for Tibbs to say, okay, I'm benching Derek Rose, I'm benching Evan Fournier and Deuce McBride, you're going to start getting 15 to, and for Deuce to be like, I'm not going to say he was great. Obviously he hurt us offensively because he couldn't make a shot. We won his minutes. Like we crushed his minutes. Look at all the on-off stuff. He definitely wasn't a hindrance. Like he was helping us. Um, that was I'm not going to say Deuce turned our season around, but the fact that he was able to just like justify that action and sort of force Thibodeau to be a little bit more open-minded about other decisions down the line. That was like the first domino that was, you know, good on him. And this, like Schwinn said, the season's just awesome. Like it's just really good. Yep. And we will continue to enjoy the vibes. Um, all right. I think now we can end things off. Shout out to everyone that left the comment. Shout out to everyone that, you know, tuned in. We had like 41 plus viewers at one point. So, you know, shout out to everyone. Make sure y'all leave a like. Make sure y'all subscribe if y'all new. Um, we are on our way to 1K subs. So, you know, we just passed 600. Um, all that you do helps us out. Um, also, check out all the links to everything stricken related in the description. We got links to the site, merch. We got brand new merch, brand new spring collection. Definitely check that out. We got remixes of some older, you know, stuff like that sweater that Jeff has on right now. Um, we got links to the Patreon. Great way to support us as well. And we got links to the Twitter. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. And lastly, we are on Instagram at the Strick.land. Another great way to get your Strickland Knicks fix on social media if you are not on Twitter. Um, so definitely check us out there. Um, we will be back on Wednesday evening after the Nets game. Hopefully the Knicks make it seven straight and take sole possession of the fifth seed. Um, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Enjoy your Tuesday and peace out. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. Yes.